he put before them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed that someone took and sowed in his field. It is the smallest of all the seeds, but when it has grown, it is the greatest of shrubs and becomes a tree so that the birds of the air come and make nests in its branches. Well, I know most of you have a handout today and you're thinking, oh no, what is she doing this day? It's all Greek to me, but I hope uh, that eventually it will make a little sense to you. And I have to tell you, you know, I picked the text and I, I, I picked the, the title normally a week ahead of time because I'm beginning to think about that sermon. And this time it was two weeks ahead of time and you're going to see that... God's Spirit took me to a whole different place with this sermon. So, when we hear this parable of the mustard seed, and, and let me say, at page uh, 794 of your Bible, I don't often say to you, you might want to see uh, the pages in your Bible, but you know, to, once in a while it's good to say, hey, the Bible is in your pew and uh, uh, there's some good things in it. And uh, uh, you will see that on uh, 795 is the parable of the mustard seed. Uh, these two little verses. And I can tell you when we hear uh, the parable of the mustard seed, the very first thing we do, just as the very first thing I did in looking at this text was we go, it's about faith. Now, that is probably because in Matthew 17, Jesus is going to say, if you had faith the size of a mustard seed, you could move mountains. But here, it isn't really saying anything about faith. That's where our mind goes because we know the other teaching of Jesus. And what's really interesting, now, when I picked this text, I didn't know what Sam was preaching. See what God does? I did not know that Sam was going to preach the weeds and the wheat, which come just before this parable, and then the other part he read comes just after this parable. But here is the thing. There's a reason that this parable of the mustard seed is placed where it is. It's not just randomly, hey, Here's another parable. Hey, he, no, the parable of the mustard seed is supposed to tell us something about the parable of the wheat and the weeds. Mm -hmm. Now, a mustard seed, you saw how tiny a mustard seed is. And the reason that Jesus uses mustard seeds is because they are very, very common in the Middle East. If Jesus were talking to us, he'd probably talk about sunflower seeds. Because I say that and all of you see that little, you know, seed we crack open and eat, right? The mustard seed is a very, very common seed and plant in the Middle East. And here's the thing, which most of us probably don't know. The mustard seed spreads rapidly like wildflower, 
flowers. Wildfire, because they're so tiny and they're blown by the wind, and they begin to grow profusely such that people in the Middle East often think of them as a weed. The mustard seed produces so many little plants that they think they're weeds and they want to pull them up. But Jesus is saying, don't pull up them because once they grow really big, they're going to be this beautiful, magnificent, wonderful, life-giving tree. This parable is beginning to tell us something about the weeds and the wheat. Now listen, Sam had a wonderful sermon last week. Our young people were so good last week as well. Uh, I listened to them while I was driving and I, I watched them later online. Yay for everybody. And Sam was kind of uh, had this message that, uh, you know, the weeds and the wheat don't judge who's a weed, don't judge, you know, who is good, comes from good seed, but let them grow together. It's God's place to judge. And that's a good message. But you know, I'm always telling you this, that we have to be careful that we think we know exactly what any passage is about. That, that you can't be literal with the scriptures because Jesus isn't literal. Jesus is always talking in a way that the meaning is continually unfolding, not like, here, memorize this. You know, uh, reading the scriptures is less like reading the periodic table. This means this, and, and here, here is the mineral. And more like peeling an onion. Because you peel a layer, and another layer, and another layer, and eventually what happens? The onion is gone. There's no, like, here in the middle, I finally got it. You finally get into the mystery and the fullness that is God. But there are all these layers to the scriptures. And when I think about this mustard seed and what it's saying, it's probably telling us that the weeds and the wheat are growing in each of us. The weeds and the wheat are growing within each of us. No human being is perfect. No human being is ever going to be perfect except for Jesus himself. And we have this capacity within ourselves to do good and to be loving as well as to do things that lead to harm and even lead to evil. We know this. And so many people, church people, what they want to do then is regulate. So we will be sure to be righteous. Now, the problem with this, first of all, is that the, the only way we can truly be good is by the grace of God, not through our human efforts ever, ever, ever. We can never say, I'm going to be the holiest person in the world. The only way we can be holy is to open ourselves to the grace and the Spirit of God. That's it. The only way to goodness and love is to let the love of God, the God who is love, work and grow within us. But here's the other thing. When we try to sort of regulate and define uh, the wheat and say, if we do this and don't do this, we'll be wheat, 
Here's the problem. Do you remember uh, the Garden of Eden personally? Okay. So way, way back in the Garden of Eden, the whole deal is they eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, right? And they think they're going to be like God if they eat the fruit of the tree. The only problem is they come to know that there is good and there is evil, but they aren't clear which is which. How do I know this? Because they've been naked the whole time. And now all of a sudden they eat from the tree and they're like, oh, I'm so ashamed. And they put on fig leaves, which are itchy for most people. And so they're, right? No, it's true. The Hebrew people would be laughing at this story because they're like, ah, 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 which is why God will be so kind as to give them little garments of um, animal fur or whatever to wear. But the thing is, they don't become like God. They don't know clearly what's good, what's evil, and we continue that in our own day. We're all the time arguing and fighting over what's good and what's evil, and the truth is, look at yourself. That's why Jesus is saying, take the log out of your eye. We all have this mixture within us that is the capacity to do good and the capacity to do harm. We are weeds and wheat growing together in this world, each and every one of us. And we can't always see clearly. If you're pl plucking out the wheat, or the plucking out the weed, you might actually be plucking out the big, beautiful tree that is actually going to grow. That's what this is telling us. Now, here's the interesting thing, though, for those of you who read your Bible, you're going to say, yeah, but the end of this, Jesus is explaining uh, the parable of the weeds. Jesus is really explaining, you know, what happens here. And it says, uh, you know, at verse 40, at verse 40, yeah. Uh, just as the weeds are collected and burned up, so it will be at the end of the age. The Son of Man will send his angels. They will collect out of his kingdom all causes of sin and all evildoers, and they will throw them into the furnace of fire where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth, and the righteous will shine like the sun in the kingdom of their Father. Listen, anyone with ears. Now, here's the thing. And now you get some insight into how I don't make the stuff up that I say to you. You're like, does she make this stuff up? <laughs> no, most of the time, God leads me to see things. And here's, what I, here's the lesson that I want to share with you today. So on uh, the first page of your handout, and I think you at home can see this, uh, those practicing lawlessness is translated in this Bible as evildoers. Those practicing lawlessness. Now, uh, tus, now, Joe, don't you laugh at my Greek. Tus poiuntas ten anomion. Now, these Greek words are almost never, not tus, but uh, 
the practicing and lawlessness words are almost never used in the Gospels. So the first thing I think is, okay, they're not very often used, so we don't know very well how to translate these. If there's a lot of times it's being used, it becomes clearer. But if there are only like three times in the Gospels, it's much harder to translate into English. So those practicing lawlessness. Well, then on the second page, what I found was this word, Tus, which you can see Matthew 13, 41 has translated those who. But look at all the other usages around it. Tus is the. 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 Why have we made the decision to make it into those people? Why have we changed the meaning there? Because as far as I'm concerned, on page three, why couldn't it be saying causes of sin and the causes of the practicing of lawlessness? Do you follow what I'm saying here? We've turned it into evil people when in fact what Jesus might be saying is it's whatever power within us that is causing sin. Whatever power within us that is causing lawlessness. Not a person over there who is evil, but the force, the power within each human being that can lead us to that place. Do you follow what I'm doing here and how I'm doing it right from the scriptures? Which makes me think that we turn this into some who are going to hell and be burnt up and some who are going to heaven. But maybe Jesus is trying to say at the end when the angels come they will bind up the causes of sin, the causes of lawlessness or unrighteousness, and that will be burned in the fire. Now listen, if I'm Jewish, I'm thinking about how sin is undone, and it is through a burnt offering it is by putting it in the fire that purity happens. So maybe this is saying at the end, God is going to bind up all those bad, hurtful, wounded, terrible things we do to ourselves and one another, throw them in the fire so that the seed of goodness God has planted in us may be collected into God's home. I believe this is what Jesus is saying. That somehow in the end, God's love is going to refine those broken and bad places in us and welcome us all as wheat into love that is eternal. Now, I'm just listening to what I hear from God in the scriptures. 
It's up to you to make that decision. But when I hear that, it leads me to decide that I must be open to God. I must do my best to love. I must do my best to trust that God is at work healing and making whole the entirety of God's creation. Because the entirety of God's creation is loved by God. So a mustard seed, the tiniest little thing, what might it become if we nurture it with God's own love? In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, amen.